Viktor Frankl said, Everything can be taken from a man but one thing, the last of the human freedoms. To choose one's attitude in any given set of circumstances, to choose one's way. This is Finding Human with Sue Jackson. Stay tuned for the next hour as Sue explores the human psyche, what makes us tick and how to live better, more fulfilled and more meaningful lives. Only on 101.9 High FM. Hello, this is Sue Jackson, and my guest today is Raylene Tradonsky, and we are on Zoom, and we are going to be discussing a man of great value, Mr. Elliot Wolf. Albert Einstein said, try not to become a man of success, rather become a man of value. And definitely, Mr. Elliot Wolf was a man of value. His core values actually shaped his life. And those core values of honesty, empathy, equality, loyalty, respect, I can go on and on, connection, love, peace, creativity, and uh, it's what's called a servant leadership, which is serving the common good. Hello, Raylene, and would you agree with all those core values of your beloved colleague, mentor, and friend, Mr. Elliot Wolf? Hello, Sue. Um, yes, that's perfect. Um, perfect description. I'm not sure what I can add because you've summed it up so beautifully, but that, that was Elliot, the epitome of a mensch, a humble servant who honestly believed, um, passionately in what he did and loved doing it. And, uh, you know, he often made reference to the fact that it wasn't a well-paid profession. But boy, did he get so much joy and pleasure and, and real life fulfillment from doing it. Uh, you know, every time I saw him, I, I recognized that in him. His joy of life, actually. I'd like to just say that Raylene Fredonsky is the fundraising director of the King David Schools Foundation and the executive director of it. Elliot Wolf was the director. Today, we're not going to spend time really talking about the fundraising um, initiative. We certainly will be talking about it next year. Raylene, I'd like to find out more about it. But today, it's more about paying tribute to Mr. Elliot Wolf. And you know, I read something the other day. There was been an advert on the TV about trees, and uh, it's it's an advert for Investec. I'm not pushing Investec, but it is. And um, it shows all the, the roots. So I looked it up and it actually, it said that these roots um, form an unbelievable connection underneath our feet, under the ground. And that the, eventually the study showed that there's this wood, wood wide web where the, the trees actually communicate. And it indicates that trees recognize the root tips of their relatives and they favor them with sending out carbon and nutrients. Now, I think we can actually look at the King David schools like this and all the, the pupils, um, the, the present pupils and the past. We are, uh, this is Sue Jackson on 101.9, Try FM. This is Finding Human with Sue Jackson, only on 101.9 High FM. Hello, this is Sue Jackson on the Finding Human program, and I'm back with Raylene Tradonsky, 
And Raylene, I was saying that I was talking about trees and the connection that they have underground and they recognize their relatives. Now, you have traveled worldwide with Mr. Elliot Wolf. Won't you just share how this connection actually does go on and on from the school to all various continents around the world? Absolutely. So um, I'm intrigued that you use the analogy of a tree because I'm not sure if you're aware, but Elliot was an ardent horticulturalist um, and he had um, a crazy love of nature and trees and and flowers and would be totally aggrieved because I would say, what a beautiful tree, Elliot. And he'd say, but I've just told you what the Latin name is. Don't call it just a tree. You know, to him, every tree had a name. (laughs) Um, but yes, so we, we had the incredible opportunity of, of traveling early on, um, in joining the foundation. I realized, um, how revered Elliot was for his humility, for being an extraordinary educator who really cared about his students. Um, it was more than just teaching a history lesson. He, he engaged with them. He brought in, um, you, you know, um, different aspects of history and really gave people a love of learning. And, and people remembered him many, many, many years after school. Um, and he would know every pupil by name and, and, you know, have a genuine interest in their family and, you know, encourage them if they wanted to do medicine and he thought it was just completely the wrong profession, would, would steer them in a, a different direction that people remembered years and years and years after school. And, um, and that allowed us to go overseas and reconnect with people. You know, I can't, I lost count the number of times people would say to me, God, I've never come to a reunion to see my old headmaster. Like, why would anybody <laughs> be interested? And yet what, what I saw firsthand over and over again is how people would flood to the reunions. And, 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 you know, I'd write and I'd say, I'm coming with Elliot Wolf. And we were, you know, I said in, in um, one of the articles I wrote, but we really were wined and dined like we were royalty. And, and I, and I was very conscious of the fact that they were not coming to see me. You know, um, <laughs> there was no, um, so I was really his chaperone, and and I yes, I gave a lot, but I got so much more, um, and it it was just it was wonderful. It was wonderful. He had an extraordinary memory, a, a really a God given memory, and and he would remember things about people that they had long forgotten, and I think that showed real authenticity uh, um, with his love of people. He wasn't just saying you were a good pupil, Sue. He was saying, Sue, do you remember in that Latin class when you said, and, you know, it became so much more authentic and real um, and really showed his genuine interest in people. Absolutely. Quite amazing. And Cheryl Benjamin actually said to me that often when they were together, uh, she was an incredibly good close friend of his and of his. And she was saying that uh, people would be so excited to see him. She said she was kind of in his shadow, more or less, but that it was just wonderful to be there. And talking about trees, uh, I saw in the Jewish report that um, it, that Cheryl had said they were going to be going to the Westcliff Hotel on the day he was supposed to get back. 
to go and look at the the jacarandas. Jacarandas, yes. He would he would always it would, he would always say there was an Afrikaans poet whose name for, for escapes me, um, who who wrote a poet a poem called October is the moiste moiste month, um, and he would always quote that. I think it was Leopold, and he would always quote that poem because he had such an intense love of the jacarandas. Although he was always quick to tell me that they gobbled too much water. Because they were not indigenous to Africa. That's right. They were <laughs> if you would like to contact us, we'd love to hear from you on SMS 34519 or you can telegram us on 061-895-1019. I would like to just read this out. It's from Lorraine Schrager, who is the principal of the King David High School in Lingsfield. And, and I asked if she would like to say anything, and she sent this in. I had a very long association with Mr. Wolf, sadly not as a student, but my middle sister, Renee, entered King David Linksfield in 1974 into grade eight, and in those days, form one. It was also Elliot's first year as headmaster. He had a close relationship with my family, and so when I qualified as a teacher in 1981, Elliot called me to offer me a job. I had qualified as a history and a, P, uh, a phys ed major. My passion was sport, but Mr. Wolf would not accept that I was only involved in sport and insisted I taught history. His insight and insistence shaped my career from then on. I worked under Mr. Wolf for 20 years. It was under his leadership that my career grew at the school. He supported me and mentored me over 20 years. We both shared a love for sport. While I can't say I know the vaguest thing about gardening, Elliot had green fingers with an incredible knowledge of gardening. And every time he was on campus, I would ensure that the gardens were impeccable. <laughs> My connection with him continued when he joined the foundation. His commitment to the continuation of Jewish education is incomparable. I'm indebted to Mr. Wolf for his friendship over the years. I will miss him and may his memory be a blessing to all of us. Thank you so much, Lorraine Schrager, for that. It says so much. Railing, go on telling me a bit about what you actually re uh, recognize, one of the funny moments or one of the special moments when you were on your travels. This is Finding Human with Sue Jackson, only on 101.9 High FM. Hello, this is Sue Jackson, and I'm back with Raylene Tradonsky, and we're about to hear a very short uh, YouTube from Mark Pozniak, he was the head boy in 1999. Hi Sue, like so many, I was deeply saddened to hear of Mr. Wolf's passing. How rare it is to encounter an individual who had such a meaningful impact on so many and yet never hear a bad word spoken about them. One could totally understand the outpouring of emotion from those like me perhaps who fit the so-called mold in high school, the prefects or the academics or the sports people in short, those that may have had it easier than some others. But really it is the esteem in which he is held by those that did not fit this mold that most honors the memory of this giant of a man for me. 
The tributes from all types of ex-Davidians I've read, irrespective of school achievements or high school status, which seemed so all-important at the time in our lives, which highlight the greatness of Mr. Wolf. He cared deeply for each and every one of us. And we knew it. He will be sorely missed. This is Finding Human with Sue Jackson, only on 101.9 High FM. Hello, this is Sue Jackson, and I'm back with uh, Raylene Tradonsky. And you just heard Mark uh, Pozniak, and I thought he spoke beautifully. And I'm sure uh, many people echo his words, Raylene. I asked you if you could share a few stories about your different encounters with, with ex-Davidians. Can you? Yes, and I think what um, what Mark said was absolutely spot on. You know, it's one thing when you get somebody who's an A-grade student and a, you know, a sports leader and captain of everything and, you know, Elliot took a keen interest in him and they shone. But what, what was remarkable is exactly what um, Mark had just alluded to in his voice note was that it was also the delinquents. Elliot would say, you're a delinquent delinquent student and they would <laughs> laugh as an adult they'd say I really was Elliot and you you know you you said to me listen I'm telling you you're going to go to a downtown institution he made great he was he had great um, fun telling them that if they didn't buck up they were going to a downtown institution which in those days was Damlin and Eden I'm not sure if they even still exist um, and so they better buckle up but but he really he took delinquent students he took students that had a really tough upbringing or or really were non-academics and not you know and but he saw something in them that that he would would focus on that would bring out their true their true essence um, and that's what I think people loved about him it, it wasn't just the bright straight A students that he loved um, and then some funny moments you know um, I think everybody who knows Elliot will know that he was an identical twin and I have to say that when I first started working here I didn't know how I would ever tell the difference and within three months of working with him I didn't know how anybody could not tell the difference because they really were completely different if you knew them. Um, but but as I say, for the first three months, I thought I'll never, ever know the difference. So, um, But he, he, he used to really revel um, in, in delight when people would mistake him for Jeffrey. And so one of our standard jokes were they'd say to him, Mr. Wolf, do you remember I saw you? And he'd say, um, where did you see me? And then there was a standard joke that if they saw him in Kalani, then it was Elliot. But if they had <laughs> seen him in the Harper Market, it was Jeffrey. <laughs> <laughs> And, um, and, and it was really funny because how he, he lost count um, hundreds and hundreds of thousands of times people would start talking to him and halfway through the conversation he would have he would know without any fear of contradiction that they were absolutely convinced they were talking to Jeffrey and he would conclude the conversation and they would go away happy and he would go away happy and they were none the wiser that they'd actually spoken to the wrong brother but um, 
That's hilarious. Yeah, so we, did. We, had, we had some funny stories. And one of his favorite stories um, about um, mis- mistaken identities was one year he held a twins assembly. There were 12 sets of twins at King David High School, Linksfield. Can you believe that? 12 sets of twins. He was what, at one stage. At, at one the same stage, stage yeah. At the same stage. And so he he took great pride in having a twins assembly. Um, and um, he was quite different to Jeffrey. And in fact, yesterday I was at Jeffrey's home and we, we had a good laugh about the story because Jeffrey, he said to Jeffrey, we're going to do a twins assembly. And he said, and just for fun, you go to Linksfield and I will go to Victory Park. We'll swap. And 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 Jeffrey said, "Listen, Elliot, I'm not going to be the butt of your jokes. If you want to do that, you do that, but I'm not." So, so Elliot was absolutely determined to continue with it, and he thought, "Okay, well, how is he going to convince the people that he's not Elliot?" So he put on a wedding ring as a start because Jeffrey was the married twin, but he had never been married. So he started by putting on the the um, wedding ring, and then he he introduced the assembly. And he said, uh, hello, everybody, I'm Jeffrey, and I've come from King David Victory Park for the day. And he said he looked into the audience and he said he just saw too many people just thinking, uh-uh. You can't convince us. We know it's you, Elliot. And then at that exact moment, he saw, and he loved to tell the story, he saw a pupil, Clifford Cooperitz, who had transferred from Victory Park a few days before. And he said, and none of you will recognize me except for you, Cliffy Cooperitz, because you came from Victory Park. <laughs> and with that, everybody thought, well, maybe he is. He is really Jeffrey. So, um, yeah, I was delighted in those stories. And he delighted in that humor too. But you know, um, one, another message that did come through once this went out on Facebook was uh, from an an anonymous. And they said, I share this, this quote, everybody is a genius. But if you judge a fish by its ability to climb a tree, it will live its whole life believing that it is stupid, stupid. And that was from Albert Einstein. And she said, this was a quote that my dad shared with me. I never had the privilege of knowing Mr. Wolf, but his teachings live on in the memories of my late father. And isn't in this that wonderful? Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that wonderful? And, then, and then this one, um, Mr. Wolf was a man who really cared about his pupils. As a young student, I had the dubious pleasure of being sent to his office rather often. Each time he would greet me and he seemed surprised that I had behaved badly yet again. He really cared, so much so that when I that I didn't want to disappoint him. And and I trusted him. He he also seemed to trust me. And I would each time I would think, Okay, sir, I won't let you down again. And that would be until a few days later when I would be facing him across his desk again and he would be looking at me intently, so much so that I really felt bad. But he always treated me with respect. He often told me he believed in me. Thank you, Mr. Elliot Wolf, for that belief. I sincerely hope I have not let that amazing man down. May his memory be for a blessing. Mark Jackson. That is actually my son. Wow. 
And I never went to King David. And, but I knew Mr. Wolf because of Mark. And Mr. Wolf would always also tell me about the delinquent children, but that he would, he, he would do well. Watch, he'll do well. And throughout the years since then, which is now many, many years ago, he, every time I've bumped into him, whether it's been at the quick shop at, at uh, down in Linksfield or whether it's been in Kalani, he has asked me how Mark is and been so pleased to hear. <laughs> what so, a magnificent uh, it was from Mark. Wow. And absolutely. I had a similar story. I had uh, my middle son also gave me all my gray hairs. And he used to say, just wait, just wait, wait till he finishes school and wait till he gets to high school and then wait till he finishes school. And I must say, he took such pride in, uh, you know, as a uh, He's only all of 23, but he, you know, his achievements after school. So I have a, a very similar experience. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I, I just think it says so much about about the man and and who he was. And apparently, in Australia, I know that Hilton Chilchik also had a a, a, re, a a memorial for for him. And he said there were about 130, 140 people there. And he sent me this um, uh, um, something from Ian Cohen, who said, uh, which he asked about if he could send to me. And he said, I was privileged to tour King David High School with Elliot and my sister, Sharoni Cohen, a few years ago. So much changed between my matriculation in 1980 and hers in 1987. We three walked for well over an hour from the admin block to the top of the school and back to the rugby fields, with Elliot narrating our entire walk. He was indefatigable. His memory was remarkable, not dimmed by 30 years. He asked about friends, girlfriends, and parents by name. So many friends tell me that they had the exact same experience meeting him many years post-grad. Clearly, we are as much family to him as he was to us. His love of the school, his teachers, his staff, the physical grounds, the flora, and above all his students was so evident, so palpable. Getting his insight on the struggles between the school the school viable and relevant during the apartheid years, his struggles with the TED and Jewish community leaders made me realize the unbelievable weight of his responsibility and his complete dedication to actualizing a true educational, educational experience for all his students. I try to compliment him on the breadth of his legacy. World leaders in finance, medicine, law, the arts, and Judaism all flowed outward from the small school in Linksfield, directed by his gentle guiding hand. He saw the potential in all of us long before we did. In his inimitable, humble manner, he, de he deflected the richly deserved compliment. I was stunned by his humility. During the visit, the school seemed so much smaller than I remembered 35 years ago. But Mr. Elliot Wolf remained and remains larger than life. Travel well and rest comfortably, beloved Lupi. That was from Ian Cohen. Isn't that beautiful? Absolutely beautiful. Now, Raleigh, you work with, with him, obviously, on, on, on raising funds 
Now, I know we're not going to be talking about the fundraising here, but you you said in an article that um, you you were you were the one he was the best fundraiser ever, but he didn't like asking for money. Tell me a bit about that. <laughs> yes, you can quote me on that because he often would. Um, I always used to say he's the most extraordinary fundraiser, but he can't ask for money. And that's, that's exactly spot on. Um, he couldn't ask for money. So he would come and he would sit and he would say, Sue, let's talk about Mark. And he would talk about your beautiful son and there would be nothing that he didn't remember. And I literally saw grown men cry over, you know, memories that he would evoke in them that they many times had long forgotten. Um, so, you know, that, that was the, 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 the intrinsic um, ability of, of Elliot. But then he would almost end the hour-long discussion and having not asked for money. And that's when I would come in and I would go, oh, okay, before we go, you know. Um, so I, I, I often used to talk about this, but we had a wonderful donor who we met on one of our travels to Australia and and he said to us, he said, you know, you make the most wonderful horse and pony show. He said, you are the iron fist and he is the velvet glove. And um, he loved that. And so very often afterwards he would say, well, I'm the velvet glove. You're the iron fist. You're the one who needs to go and ask. Um, but, yes, I had come, you know, I, I think you, you may know my background very briefly. I was a subsidy kid. I had the privilege of somebody paying for my education. And I really came to understand firsthand what a privilege it had been. Um, and so, you know, I shared that desire to to be able to give that opportunity to to any child, irrespective of, of their beginnings and, and, you know, their parents' financial um, ability. And so we did. We made a wonderful horse and pony show because he would, you know, soften up any donor with nostalgic, beautiful memories. Um, and then I would, I would, I had the chutzpah to ask. Um, you know, I always felt if I wasn't asking for me, it was an easy ask. So we, we did. We made, we made a good horse and pony show, I guess. <laughs> Do you think it was because you came, I didn't know about you, uh, as you say, being a subsidized child, but do you think because of that, he also encouraged you? Did he encourage you a lot in your school years? Oh, I think that, you know, I was a very average student. I, um, I, I often say that those were some of the best days of my life. You know, I had come from King, I had come from Cyrildine Primary. I had been the head girl. I was such a big fish in a small sea. And my parents had bought the uni, my uniform for Athlone Girls. Um, and I knew nothing about nothing, but I knew that I was not going to Athlone Girls High School. Um, and just fast forward, I managed to get a scholarship to come to King David. And it really were some of, was some of the best years of my life. Um, and then I went on to get a scholarship for university and I became a chartered accountant. And then I joined a small IT company. And 20 years later, we had listed in London and we were four and a half thousand people. So, you know, I felt very strongly that King David had chartered my, you know, helped to charter my trip. Tra- 
trajectory, trajectory, trajectory. He'd be going mad with using the wrong word, but um, <laughs> and um, that it had played a very important part of my life, and it was part of my story and part of my passion. Um, but yes, he had seen something in me that he obviously um, felt needed honing in on, um, and I had such wonderful, wonderful years at King David and wonderful memories. And so when I when I was afforded the opportunity of um of you know, joining the foundation. And I remember when they first called me and they said, you know, Elliot's not getting any younger, you know, he's going to be 75 and we'd really like you to come and, you know, look to join the foundation. And I remember saying, I love and adore Elliot Wolf, but I have absolutely no interest in joining the foundation. Thank you. And they said, well, just come for a cup of coffee. Um, and yeah, I, I always say the rest is history because a month later I'd resigned from 20 years of dimension data. And there I was working with Elliot Wolf. <laughs> so there must have been something. Yeah, sorry. How long did you work together? We worked together. It was going on 11 years. Wow. Literally. Yeah. That's yeah. amazing. We did. We did. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you, you talk about dreaming and your, your own dreaming. I mean, going from not wanting to go to any other school other than King David. Uh, Rabbi Jonathan Sachs actually in 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 a later a latest one of his latest articles says encourage children to dream look beyond your narrow ideas and explore the world of possibilities dream big when planning your life and then he also said which i think Elliot wolf will really agree with some little seed of greatness exists in us all and let's face it i mean mr Elliot wolf was a keen gardener so he would have really appreciate that need of great And and Jonathan Sachs went on to say, "Be fully human. We need direct encounters with one another. Uh, being human beings, listen to their fears, pain, fears, anxieties, at, and hopes." And one of the, um, I, I think it was, um, um, uh, what, um, Druin. She was the head girl. I'm trying to think what her first name is. But it actually yes, Shira. Yes. Shira yes. actually she, was not a Davidian, believe it or not. It was her mom who was the head girl. Um, oh, I've got her name's just gone out my head. Donna. Donna um, was yeah. her mom that was the head girl. Yes. Okay. So Donna wrote also in the Jewish report um, and said that um, how he had encouraged her to listen and he had said that um uh, with his his their mother he and Jeffrey's mother was an outgoing person a very outgoing person and they had learned to be the ones who listened and he he said that that taught him how to be a listener to keep quiet and actually listen and what you could hear beyond that and she said she had taken that into her life was it uh, Shira who wrote that or Donna? Yes, no, it was Shira. Shira is, is Shira. her daughter. He's a beautiful journalist. But, okay. but um, yes, they had that. They both had that incredible love of. It was. It was. You know, she'd often say, you know, I don't know why my mother never let me go to King David because she loved it so much. But she'd actually gone. She'd become quite religious, and she'd actually sent Shira to to Yeshiva. Yeah. This is Sue Jackson on one hundred one point nine FM. This is Finding Human with Sue Jackson. 
only on 101.9 High FM. My association with Elliot goes way back to before I was even born because my 94-year-old grandmother used to catch the tram to teach the Wolf Twins piano when they were teens. I started working with Elliot at the King David Schools Foundation in 2008 and we were immediately bonded by a mutual love for gardening. Since then, I've had the privilege of engaging with Elliot on a daily basis. And although he was technically my director, I saw him more as a mentor and a friend as he was always so generous with his wise counsel and time. I was inspired by his passion for Judaism, Israel, and especially the King David education. He used to talk about his days as headmaster at King David and tell me all the funny stories of what the students used to get up to. And he especially loved all the birthday surprises they had arranged. From arriving in a helicopter to on the back of a Harley, I feel that not only have I lost a friend and colleague, our relationship was more like family. Elliot has definitely left a void. This is Finding Human with Sue Jackson, only on 101.9 High FM. Hello, this is Sue Jackson, and I'm back with Raylene Trudonsky. And what Gillis said there about Mr. Elliot Wolf's passing, leaving a void, is very true. And I think there is such a thing as, there is, of course, such a thing as collective grief. And during this COVID pandemic, there was a lot of COVID, uh, a collective grief that went on. But I have seen since Mr. Wolf's passing that this collective grief, it's, it's really weird. It's, it's head in so many ways, but so many positive ways as well. Because I think people are remembering, whereas COVID has brought out so much sadness, there is a, a great sense of loss at at Elias, Elliot Wolf's death. But there's also a sense of togetherness and what he meant to people uh, and the connections that people have formed that they seem to be reforming. What do you think, Rayleigh? I agree. I, I think that um, I, I like what you said about collective grief. And I think there was collective Without COVID, we were losing members of of this very dear community it was it was it was terrifying and i think for some Elliot, COVID was ter- a terrifying time. He was yeah. alone at home. He was the most sociable being. He loved coming into the office. I mean, he came into the office every single day, right up to the time that we closed. Um, and there was a lot of fear. There was a lot of fear. He wasn't, he knew he wasn't a young man. Um, although thank God he was of 100% sound mind. You know, he was, he was mindful that he was 85. And, um, and for me, I think there was a sadness in having, um, lived through COVID and then, you know, dying after having, you know, survived the pandemic. Um, and yet I have to say, Sue, um, there is a lot of comfort in, in the timing of his death. You know, he had gone up to the Kruger Park, the, his beloved Kruger Park with his entire family, including his beloved nephews who were here for, and I'm using the word beloved sister in, uh, sister-in-law Bob. Wolf's 80th birthday because they were such an enormous part of his life. His twin brother Barbara and his, you know, literally beloved nephews and nieces who were like children to him. Um, and they'd all gone up to Kruger for oh, what was a wonderful, wonderful weekend. 
um, and actually just chatting to to Jeffrey, where he was showing me some of the last photos taken by Shachar, who was his um, grand nephew, um, of him and Jeffrey just the day before he died up in Kruger. Um, he'd taken over the wheel, and Jeffrey had moved to the other side of the car. And there's a beautiful picture of the two of them looking out um, of the car, and you know, and then it was very quick. His death was quick. He he got ill very quickly. He was taken to the next Nelspreit hospital with the entire family around him. And then he died very quickly and, and thank God without too much suffering and pain. And I think for me, there's enormous comfort in that um, because it's it's almost how he wa- would have wanted to go, not alone on his own through COVID. That, that would have been an absolute tragedy. So there was really a blessing in that, gosh. Absolutely. And, and all being together, the fact that, you know, his nephews and nieces were here all together is also, it's so timely. I mean, if, if it Absolutely. is timely. It's, absolutely, absolutely. I almost, I almost felt like he had, he had scripted that, you know, he, it was, it was, it was a perfect ending surrounded by his family who loved him. Um, it doesn't take away the pain and, um, you know, one of the things that he'd written in a tribute to Barbara on her 80th and which Jeffrey actually repeated to me, um, because Elliot was a genius. He was an, he was a giant of an intellect. Um, and he, he said something so beautifully. He said, we were wounded Roommates, he was talking about Jeffrey. He said, We were roommates who became roommates who became soulmates. <laughs> but, um, but yes, there was some comfort in all being together um, when he finally passed away. You know, uh, Raylene, you mentioned that uh, uh, roommates and roommates, I love that. And actually, I also felt that it was very fitting that at his funeral, Rabbi Ricky Seep did the eulogy because Ricky had been vice head boy um, when when Mark Pozniak was head boy. They were both the two heads there. And and so for Ricky to actually do the eulogy, it was so personal and beautiful. Uh, It was it was very moving. Um, and Sue, I want to just add, I agree with you 100%. It was magnificent. It was moving. It was so poignant. You know, he actually mentioned in the eulogy that he was an ex-pupil. Um, and then what was so beautiful for me, I don't know if you know, but he was buried in the honored section at the cemetery, which is honored, yeah. which is honors people who've, who've devoted a lifetime to community. Um, and then I did have, I did look up and, and wonder if he had not chosen that perfect spot because it was in the shade under the most magnificent tree and I just thought well that's got to be so poignant in and of itself you know. Funny you should say that I said exactly the same thing to my husband I said to him uh, look at that tree my gosh could he have a better resting place Absolutely. a message has come through from Joanne Horwitz um, I had the privilege of being both a student and then a teacher under the leadership of Mr. Wolf. He was never motivated by fame or fortune, just an unrivaled passion for the King David schools. Thank you, Mr. Wolf, for giving me the opportunity of enjoying a long and happy career at King David. Rest well after a life well lived. Joanne, thank you, Joanne. That's beautiful. Um, um, we're going to actually be told to wrap up, but we do have another short YouTube from Renee Posniak that she sent through. But, you know, um, 
the, there's a Hasidic uh, story that said, Zuchia, where are you? Zuchia, where are you? And, um, and Zuchia is asked, where are you? And he has to step up and say, here I am. It's like saying, Adam, where are you? And we all have to step up. The world is asking all of us to step into a place of connection, of peace, of actual beginning to respect one another. And I think that's what the what we're being asked to do. Raylene, would you like to end by saying anything? No, I just um, I just want to end by saying how much Elliot would have loved these programs, these tributes. Um, we laugh, we say, um, because he had such a wonderful sense of humor. So we are, you know, we in the office, we're still saying, I hope he's reading all these Facebook posts, you know, because uh, he really would have delighted in, in seeing um, all of them. And yes, just um, may his memory live on and be a blessing to us all to to a man who really was a giant of a man, an enormous intellect, uh, just a beautiful, beautiful human who really left his mark um, on all who knew him. And may he continue to actually influence all our lives. And to his family, our thoughts are with you. And may you gain strength by knowing, what, by hearing all these tributes to him. We are now having to wrap up. Thank you so much, Grace. And thank you, Raylene. And we'll be listening as we end with to Renee Posniak saying a few words. Hi, Sue. Thank you so much for inviting me to be part of your program in your salute to the one and only Elliot Wolf. I've been associated with the Wolfs since I was about six. I went to King David Victory Park where Jeffrey Wolf was my principal. Um, I must say that I spent a lot of time in his office, uh, not for, not because he was praising me, but I was always in trouble. And then I worked for 23 years at King David Linksfield in the Jewish Studies Department under Elliot Wolf. But uh, knowing both of these brothers was an absolute, absolute privilege. Uh, there are so many stories and so many memories I have of Elliot. Um, it's, it's hard to know where to start. And you can see by everything that's being said on, on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram uh, how, how many stories people have. Um, besides his incredible intellect and his very incisive whipping tongue <laughs> um, where he could just pinpoint something, uh, his command of English, his, the way he spoke, all of those things uh, are given. But I remember two, two things really stand out for me. The one is that when we were busy deciding on uh, speech night and giving out prizes, or particularly, um, you know, honoring students that had done really well in the matric exam, the ducks of the school, etc., and the ducks of the school were somebody who got seven distinctions and very deservedly needed to be honoured as the ducks of the school. Um, there was also a young girl who had many, many challenges um, on, on every level. But she passed him a trick. And I remember going to have a chat to him and saying, don't you think that we should honour this young girl? 
I said, that is the strength and the beauty of King David. The boy that got the seven distinctions would have got seven distinctions, I believe, anywhere. But this girl would not have passed matric anywhere except at King David with the support and love that she got from everyone. And he looked at me and we, I, I, I left not knowing what the outcome was going to be, but was absolutely delighted when he called her up onto stage, onto the stage to congratulate her. And the school erupted. They were so, they so understood. Um, what was happening here. And I, that was the human side of Mr. Wolf. He was very, very human. And my, my most recent uh, interaction with him has been on the King David Foundation, where he um, supported me together with uh, Raylene on um, trying very hard not to make the March of the Living, this life-altering experience or journey only available to the rich, to not make it an elitist program, which was very challenging and they managed to secure a donor which enabled lots of kids to go who would never have been able to so these are the things that I remember about Mr. Wolf um, just off the cuff but if you want to I could speak to you for a few hours but rest in peace Mr. Wolf you really were one of a kind